Okay, you ready? Mm. Paul O'Connell. Did you put the fear of God into anyone? Mm. Ronan O'Gara. Ah, I don't really fancy that. <laughs> Simon Zebo. Hey, how's it going, man? Alan Quinlan. Please, will you just come back another yard? Tommy Bow. Hey, guys, how's everyone? Donico Callahan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> series of Clubhouse! Yeah. This show is packed, ladies and gentlemen. We have three amazing guests, and us, myself and Donica, are your new hosts for this evening, and we're absolutely delighted to be here. Yeah, I've the rugby expertise, and Mario, well, Mario's Mario. <laughs> See, that's chemistry. See that there? Yeah. Right, chemistry. <laughs> Jeez, sorry. Tonight we have that uh, titan of Connacht rugby, John Muldoon. <laughs> Let's get cracking. This is what it means to Connacht Rugby to see this man. And this is what this man means to Connacht Rugby. He's never let the team down. That's his main thing, delivery. Loyal. Committed, accountable, respected, tough teammate. Trustworthy, honest, and he's tough and resilient. The greatest leader that I've had the pleasure of playing rugby with. Incredibly dedicated. He gets everyone into the, the right frame of mind. I'm very proud of where I'm from. I'm very proud of the people that I represent. I know every time I go onto the pitch why I'm doing it. And what a genuine legend. Please welcome the most capped player in Connacht's history, John Muldoon, everybody! Do you guys know each other? Yeah. Yeah, pretty well. Listen, this is a huge scoop for us because when you retired last week, I mean, I think it's safe to say everybody was really sad, but we had kind of booked you two weeks ago. <laughs> so we were absolutely over the moon to hear you retired. We said, John Muldoon's retired. We've got an exclusive. So how has it been the last week? How has the whole process Yeah, a little bit of relief. And um, I was talking to Dunners uh, about two months ago when um, just before he announced he's and um, my decision's been made for quite a while and it's only been my close family who've, who've known and a few close friends and um, people that obviously you can trust with the news first and foremost and it's just a matter of getting it out there and um, I suppose that's the nerve-wracking part, just finally stop lying to people really. Um, you meet them after the game and you meet them going, oh, you'll go for another year, yeah. and how are you feeling and whatever else and like, it, you find it hard to look them in the face and say, oh yeah, 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 maybe, maybe, and 
Oh, we'll see, we'll see. So you're kind of, it's just finally nice to have it out there and know that um, this will be my last year and just that I can enjoy the last couple of months without um, worrying too much about it and worrying too much he about it. He was saying to me in the dressing room earlier on that actually announcing it now is actually going to spur everybody on to give you the year <laughs> of your life. Well, hopefully. It'll be nice to, uh, nice to finish on a high. I think we've, we still have a lot to play for. We've Challenge Cup uh, home quarterfinal against Gloucester and then... Um, we're still in the in the hunt in, uh, to make the playoffs, and with the new system um, in the Pro 14 as well, with playoffs, it opens it up to six teams um, instead of four. So, uh, yeah, we've we've a few t few big games coming yeah. up over the next couple of weeks, and uh, a lot of teams that are around us at the moment. Yeah. So, we've still a lot to play for. And why? Up. Why? I'm always intrigued by this with any sportsman. Why now, John? Was there a moment? Is there a point where you just go? Do you put up your hand in the dressing room and go, lads? I, I'm taking off the towels. I can't go out now. I mean, what, what happens in that instance? I think Dunners will tell you as well. You get to a point where um, there's other stuff going on and, uh, in life and it's, um, the, the body probably isn't as good as it used to be. And Even though I'm still... Is it gradual though or is it... Yeah, it's gradual, yeah. yeah. For me, it has been anyway. Yeah. Dunners, I think you're pretty similar. It's been a kind of a bit of a gradual thing where, it, uh, thankfully, I haven't got up. Um, well, I think 35 is a great age to retire. I mean, some people just hang around for 39, 40 years of age. <laughs> I just didn't want you know, to be I mean, that like... They piss Mull a lot of, they piss a lot of their uh, teammates off, you know. There's Mull's kind of having a dig. He was there like, yeah, you were probably done four year years ago as well. <laughs> Cheers, Sean. <laughs> I, mean, I told you that four years ago. You wouldn't listen to I mean, me. you're a man who admires physical specimens. Yeah. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Where is this going? No, but I mean, he is a dangerous unit. Oh, you, he's chiselled out of granite, and you knew it every time playing against John. You know, he was... You, you know it, John, but you, you're the DNA of Connacht. Mm. You, every time you go out, you give it your all. You, you embody everything that's good about the place, and... I used to, the greatest compliment I can give you is I used to hate playing against you. <laughs> you know, and, and they're, they're the guys you know. There's another lad coming as well that I used to hate playing <laughs> against as well. And, you know. John Kenny wasn't that bad. How do you do it? How do you retire? I mean, what do you do? Do you say it? Do you, how, do you, how do you announce it to your players? How did you do it with players? I sent them a WhatsApp. <laughs> <laughs> and what did it say on the WhatsApp? <laughs> Here we go. Um, I just basically said, look, well, as... Um, did it have an emoji on it? Like, it yeah. didn't, but uh, it had that a couple one. of bad words. <laughs> um, I just... Something along the lines of... Uh, Jesus. Um, I can't remember the exact detail of it, but yeah. it was something along the lines of, you finally broke me and I'm giving up. You're all a shower of... That was it. <laughs> so some of it is unprintable. Uh, yeah, there was a couple of, uh, there was one or two other lines. I just said, look, I've, uh, I've enjoyed a good few years and um, you finally broke me and it's time to move on. Look, John, look at these stats. 317 Connacht appearances, three caps for Ireland, a Pro 12 trophy. So what's, what would be the highlight, the best moment? Oh, it, it's, it is tough. Obviously, everyone, and oh, yeah, I was crying like a baby, so everyone's going to automatically remember um, the Pro 12 and, don't get me wrong, it's a day I'll always, always remember and cherish. But there's other moments um, that maybe don't mean as much to other people that meant, um, meant a lot to me. And uh, I'm looking at the screen here in front of me and that's me at the back of the bus and uh, with the, the trophy. And it was amazing. Um, I was at a funeral on, on Monday night or Monday um, and we passed up by that lady's um, house and everything and it one or two of the family were recounting stories of that day going on the bus and that even sent shivers down my spine but 
there's, there's been lots of days. Um, unfortunately, a friend of mine passed away a long time ago and um, I played at the weekend even though I was at the funeral and I didn't really train too much that week and that game will always stick out in my memory. It'll mean absolutely nothing to anybody else yeah. and um, I think we drew on the night. Um, we scored a, a kick in the last play of the game to, to draw the match and to me that will always stick out. Um, we played Toulouse in Toulouse and uh, I was injured for four or five weeks and Pat was our coach at the time and uh, Pat kept coming to me going, will you be fit? And I, I was like, I will. I could barely walk at the time. I was like, I'll be fit, I'll be fit. And he came to me the week before and he said, oh, um, you've, uh, you're going to have to prove yourself this week against Edinburgh. Um, I played 20 minutes on a leg. If you were a horse, you'd have put me down about two weeks before that. But um, I played 20 minutes, got through the game, and Pat goes, you'll start at the weekend against Toulouse. Yeah. And um, obviously we went down to beat them. And a lot of people would say that, that was the start of the belief that got us to the, the Pro 12 yes. final. But... Um, with about 50 minutes into the game, I was looking over at Pat going, geez, I'm, I must be nearly off now at this stage. And our, uh, our number eight went down injured, so I had to play the last 30 minutes. And um, when you've done nothing for five or six weeks and then you have a calf injury, you're doing a bit of upper body stuff and the lungs don't get yeah. too much going. But uh, to be part of that day was something special yeah. as well. Listen, we were so. chatting about this earlier in the dressing room. As a player, any rituals, any superstitions that you have or had? <laughs> you? I'm completely superstitious. Well, I, I don't believe I'm superstitious. I think I have a routine. I'm but the same. Not yeah, superstitious you don't. Routine. I've heard yours. <laughs> That's not a superstition. What was yours, John? <laughs> so I had a pair of uh, undershorts for 10 years. They got ripped uh, this, either this year or last year. See, I can I move on very quickly. The, I can't remember if it was this year or last Give year. Give us the money shot. Uh, my, yeah, my uh, superstition or routine is uh, Albasile. Does everyone know what Albasile is? Jeez. So back a few years ago uh, when I was playing hurling as a kid, um, when we got to a big game, one of our coaches used to splash the Albasile the under, uh, just underneath your chin so you'd get the whiff of the Albasile. So a few years back, probably about 10 odd years ago, um, I was struggling, struggling a little bit with the flu. So the uh, doctor gave me the Albasile and I put it up to my nose and straight away... I got this kind of sense of deja vu of when I was a kid and it brought back memories of like, me playing hurling and whatever else. Jesus, so don't from Paul Kimmage ideas, please. <laughs> oh, the soil. Is that what it is now, is it? So for the last 10 years... Oh, yeah, Muldoon. <laughs> Listen, every, every guest we have on the programme... By the way, thanks a no, million No, that's not the worst part. Oh, yes? It gets worse. Go so on. for the last 10 years, I've been splashing all the soil on my <laughs> jersey. But... As you get more and more used to it, it, it affects wears off. So now I do this. <laughs> <laughs> and <clears throat> when I walk onto the pitch, and if it's a particularly cold night, the air gets to me. So it looks like I'm crying every time I come onto Aww. the pitch. It looks like I'm really like, missing Connacht and missing um, my last couple of days. So literally the tears are running down my eyes and I start sneezing hysterically. And the poor old ball boys and ball girls or sorry, mascots when they're coming out are kind of going, why is this fella keep jerking my arm? Because I'm like... <laughs> so, yeah. Emotional. Listen, every guest we have on the programme, and again, thanks for coming on, and we ask them to pick their favourite Six Nations moment. What's yours? Oof. Could be from the last 20, 30 years. You're going to have to help me out with the years because you're okay. older than me. Okay. Simon Gagan's Troy. Um, 94? 4, 2, 94. In, in Twickenham? Yes. Yeah. So I was young-ish... Um, uh, I didn't really know an awful lot about rugby. I used to watch it. wasn't really massively into it. Can you remember the try? Yeah. Tell us. Uh, he gets the ball just outside the 22, if memory serves me right, and goes a bit of a jinky run on the, on the right-hand side. Here's Clahassi. 
Over the top they go. It's there for Bradley. Now Elwood fielded a little decoy run. It's Danaher. Wallace has come in. Gagan's outside him. And here goes Simon Gagan. And Gagan goes for the corner. And Gagan is in. And Ireland are in front. That's what we came to see. And Simon Gagan has delivered with his sixth try for Ireland. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing because nearly everybody we asked to pick a favourite moment, it's invariably the one that defeats England. <laughs> it could have been eight try fiesta against Italy, and it's like, no, the one where Gullet fell over against England. It's fantastic. The Great The funny try. thing is, I, I model myself on him. The same hair, the same kinky runs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I could see it. Dissimilarities. OK, John Muldoon is staying with us. Plus, after the break, we'll be joined by another Irish rugby legend, Alan Quinlan. See you in a minute. Watch out! Here it comes. Great catch by Galway. There's Wood, and Wood has scored. You in the mouth, yeah. quicker than a tic tac. Miss bamboo, like a Batman fight scene. You defeating UD, that was a pipe dream. Kicking you around like a hacky sack with the beats and the raps that be action packed. Yeah. I'm ready to go, I got my foot on the petrol. Welcome back to the clubhouse. We're still here with John Muldoon. Let's get our next guest out, Alan Quinlan, everybody. Yeah. Quinny, how are you? Sit down, there you are. It's all hugs tonight. Good to see you. Jesus. Did you just feel his arse there? <laughs> I gave him a cup. A cup. Yeah. It's hard to take him serious. That's my biggest, uh, um, my biggest worry coming out here tonight. Donegal Callahan, take him serious. Cork boys, you know, uh, I tell you. Sorry, I haven't even asked you. <laughs> 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 I have to tell you about the Cork guys. I grew up in Tipperary, you know, okay. and you could never trust them. So when I when yeah. I was, that's why I find it hard to take him serious. There was a divide between the Cork and the Munster oh, at Tipperary lads that. at the start. But then we got to like him. When I grew up in Tipperary, there was two things we were told. When Cork were beaten in the hurling and the hay was saved, it was a great summer. <laughs> so, you just never trust the Cork man. Are you trying to screw me up here, no. are you? <laughs> Listen, uh, I work with Quinny, for some of you that don't know. Um, Quinny works in News Talk. Uh, what, what do you actually do there? Um, <laughs> yes, Mario. <laughs> no, no, That's a, It's a very good question. What, but what would you call yourself? Um, sports broadcaster. OK, sports yeah. broadcaster. Yes. Yeah. This is a genuine question. I often wonder with people like you, uh, are you, at this time of year, right? I mean, there's, you know, 41 hours to go to the beginning of the, uh, uh, of the Six Nations. Do you dread it or do you look forward to it? I mean, are you like me? I mean, I'm just, like, I'm looking at you three and I'm a kid in a candy shop. <laughs> in a very nice way now. But, like, I'm looking at three heroes, three legends, uh, you know, one dressed like Jim Jiminy, and uh, another looking the image of Simon Gagan, and a guy who just talks and uh, I'm just wondering do you really look forward to it or do you go oh no this is more work now no I love it I, I think uh, since I retired uh, the boys will tell you nothing ever replaces you're not gone you're not gone yet but <laughs> they'll know when they're gone nothing nothing ever replaces it the adrenaline rush the energy yeah. the bond in the dressing room all that stuff so for me aside yeah. I think aside from coaching working in the game on, at, at the game okay. going to Paris the weekend Absolutely. Um, 
obviously, having played the game, you give your opinion on why that decision yeah. was made, uh, what should have happened, and all that kind of stuff. So okay. it's enjoyable. Do you get nervous about it? I do because um, you're, you're nervous about making the right call. Mm. So there's a lot of variables in rugby. There's a lot of interpretations. Yeah. Um, so the referee gives a penalty one way. Do you agree with it? Do you disagree with it? I mean, do you, do you kind of get nervous to go, like, on Monday, everybody's going to call me a tool or something? I mean, just go... Well, it's different I nowadays. Wrong, I think when, when I started, um, there's all this talk about social media and the reaction yeah. and interaction from yeah. people. I think social media is wonderful because it gives people an opinion as well. But sometimes it can get a bit over the top. I, I don't... I don't really, it doesn't really bother me. I'm, I'm confident enough in my own opinion. OK. Some people agree with what you say. Maybe they like the way you say it. Others don't. That's just the nature of the game. How long are you retired now, Alan? 2011, so I'm nearly okay. over six years. What's, again, something I'm intrigued by, what's the part of the whole thing that you miss the most? I mean, is... Because I have an answer to this myself, which he gave to me. But is it the playing? Is it the training? Is it the camaraderie? What is it? It's, it's the bond, really, with the team. Uh, and especially when you're kind of building something. Dunners will tell you, mm. and, and John with his team. Um, when you're trying to work for something, to achieve something at the yeah. end of the year, and so it's a culmination of the whole lot. The fitness training, okay. uh, the rugby training. Bonding. Being in the dressing room. You had a story about uh, Dennis Leamy, uh, uh, Donica, you were telling me about Dennis Leamy. Yeah, I completely forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Jog my memory on it. Are you serious? Yeah. You don't remember what... <laughs> Sorry, are you... This is, are you, I, I didn't are you turning this, this before. TV series into you didn't a complete chat nightmare? Both, no, like no, you said, I'm, I'm not going to do... Finding Nemo. I, listen, I forget I'm, stuff. Listen, this is a hellhole you're putting me into here. Anyway, listen, what happened was that you, we were in the, the hotel and we were chatting about rugby and you were saying, you should have seen Leamy. I'm not going to do your voice now. Yeah. That's not the programme for it, but uh, you should have seen Leamy. He said that the thing that really uh, matters is the 20 minutes in the dressing oh, yeah. room. After, I, I remember OK, that. go. <laughs> yeah, it's a really interesting point. Mario. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it, it was the example for me is is Dennis Leamy. I remember the 20 minutes after games, he he he'd close the doors. He wouldn't leave guys out. That was the the bit where you could really enjoy the experience of just being, as Quinny said, being around each other. You know, it's it's the furthest point from the next game where you start worrying about the next match, and it was always special. That 20 minutes in the dressing room was a, a special place. And that's the bond. It's being able to look across at guys and say, well done, whether you won or lost. Mm. Any sporting team doing that, that's the incredible kind of adrenaline rush you get. Uh, more often than not, it's much better when you win. But if you have that kind of honesty in yeah. your performance, at least you yeah. can... And a lot of the times, those 20 minutes are about if you lose, it's about what do we do next week? You find what out about more Monday about, morning, isn't it? You find it? out more about yourself and about other people when you're at your weakest, and that's when you're the most vulnerable. And then you, you automatically have a bond with other people. And unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever way you want to say it, in a normal job, you probably don't get that. And that's the bit that... I'm sure that's the bit I'm going to miss. You yeah. kind of rely yeah. on the guys, you don't do, you, yeah. to pick you up yeah. if it's bad and, and enjoy it if it's good, you know? OK, I look forward to watching the calls on, on Saturday then. Um, you have also picked a moment, a uh, favourite Six Nations moment. Would it be a favourite? Yeah, it would, I think, because it's the one that kind of came straight to mind. What is it? Uh, Mick Galway's try in 93 uh, in, in the old Lansdowne Road. Against. I was at the game against England. <laughs> uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, it really is predictable, isn't it? <laughs> The tackle goes behind Tony Underwood. Gagan, well, it's still in play for Ireland. It's Elwood popping it up to Kieran Clark at pace. Back inside the England 22. Ireland to the last. Bradley runs. Slips onto Galway. They'll not stop him. It's Galway, the hero. Ireland 
and up off the deck. Mick Galway of Shannon. Still to come, one of our lucky audience members will win a trip to Amsterdam courtesy of Heineken and one of Ireland's best-loved comics, one of the funniest men in the business and massive Munster fan will be joining Alan and John on the couch right after the break. Stringer, O'Gara, back in the pocket for his drop goal attempt. Here he goes, O'Gara! He's done it! That surely is the Grand Slam! It's almost time to bring out our next guest, but first we have something special for you, Quinny. <laughs> yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Monster Mind. <laughs> Please state your name. And your occupation, be careful. Sports broadcaster. Alan Quinlan, sports broadcaster. Your chosen subject is Munster. Your time starts now. Which Ireland back row made his debut against Romania in the 1999 <coughs> Rugby World Cup? Quinny. Correct. Alan Quinlan. Name the two-time Heineken Cup winner who has played for Ireland 27 times. Alan Quinlan. Which Munster teammate nicknamed Paul O'Connell Psycho? Alan Quinlan. <laughs> How ironic is it that Alan Quinlan nicknamed Paul O'Connell Psycho? <laughs> Very ironic. Who holds the Munster record for number of appearances in their domestic league? Donny Callan. Correct. Who was named Tipperary Person of the Year 2010? Alan Quinlan. Name all the counties of Munster now. Waterford, Clare, Tipperary, uh, Limerick, uh, <laughs> Cork, Kerry. Correct. Oh. Who won the FA Cup final in 2017? Sports broadcaster. Um, <laughs> Incorrect. Chelsea. Uh, to the nearest kilometre, how far is it from Tipperary Town to Thoman Park? Uh, 42 kilometres. 42 kilometres, exactly. According to the 2016 census, what is the population of County Tipperary? I've started, so I'll finish. Um, Pass. <laughs> 160,000. And the final question. On the day Ireland beat the All Blacks, who famously said, a day will come when Ireland will beat the All Blacks, but it won't be today? <laughs> Brian O'Driscoll. <laughs> Alan Quinlan. <laughs> Alan Quinlan, thank you. Okay, our next guest, that's good fun. Thanks, Alan. He didn't know that was going to happen. Our next guest is self-proclaimed one of Monster's biggest fans and, in my opinion, and the opinion of lots of other people, one of the funniest men in Irish show business for many years. Go out 
to deal with a bit of fight, a bit of spirit, lads. Go out there to deal with a bit of pride of wearing the, grew, the blue and green of Glengoolie on your back, lads. Take it that, lads. Go out there today, lads, and wear off them. Don't be afraid to break holidays. There's plenty on the sideline, right? Let every blow be a funeral. I don't want to see you coming back in here with dirty jerseys. I want to see you coming back in here with bloodstained jerseys, lads. And go out there today, lads, and enjoy yourselves, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now I know where Davy Fitz got his inspiration. Big round of applause, please, for John Kenny! I'll take you back in the self, uh, self. What's that? What did you say? How did you describe me? Self-proclaimed. Proclaimed. Definitely not that. <laughs> no, but self-proclaimed monster fan. Well, I wouldn't be that big now, or that he does a lot bigger fans than me. I'd say, you know, I'm a bit of a hanger-on now. In fairness, I, I've been hanging around for a long time, but uh, I have enjoyed but it. It's but it's safe uh, to say you would enjoy sitting down with these three guys on the sofa. I'm in awe, actually. You know what I mean? To be honest about, I'm in serious good company here. Like, um, yeah, I am. I want, I, uh, give it to me. Monster rugby. What does it mean to you? Um, I, what it means to me, I suppose, is um, just something that um, lifted the spirit, um, doing something that, um, I mean, to have what the lads did. And I suppose the progression of the game, too, over the number of years, since even the introduction of the European Cup, Ulster won the first one. We came close, he got there. I always remember, like, I think what describes it to me was being in Twickenham for the first yeah. final when uh, Northampton, wasn't it? And yeah. I was working in London time and I went to the gig and uh, I was able to get to the match. And I'll always remember just being in the stadium when we lost and I was sitting down with a lot of people. Some of them had never been at a rugby match in their life, but we were working over with them doing shows. And we all stayed in Twickenham and we sang and the team came out and they were looking at us saying, you're after being beaten. But I said, we're here. We're here, we were playing in Twickenham. And I suppose we were always sort of like, we were on the, to me that was the world stage, it was the European stage. And you kind of come from a place where it all comes out of club rugby, like it all comes out of Brough, where I come from, Clan William, Cork Con, wherever it is, you know what I mean? Sunday as well, whatever. And you know, it's the same in Galway, it's the same everywhere. Yep. It's this kind of, you feel part of this small club and all of a sudden this small, we're still part of the small club and we're tricking them, you know? Yeah, that was in Limerick that day, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the most amazing thing, sort of being, a, being able to just be part of it all, like just being one of thousands of people that you're there and you, you can't believe you're there, you can't believe that these guys are, are doing it and you kind of know John, them, you know? couldn't believe it either. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, it's, it's a lot of that, like, I mean, there's an awful lot of emotion in it and a lot of passion in it and... and uh, but I mean... It's, like, John comes from Connacht. Yeah. But I'm asking you what makes Munster so special. And I'm well, I think it is this thing about, I mean, for me, it's about that. Like, it's my connection with, like, my club will say Bruff, but Bruff will say we had John Hayes who went on to play for Munster. Yeah. John didn't start playing rugby until he was 18, you know. And, and, and then, like, Quinny was over the road in Clan William. And, and there's a sense of this thing that, you know, from such humble, small beginnings and we're on the world stage. And, you know, I still believe, like, European club rugby is as good as you get anywhere in the world. And so, and we have it on our doorsteps every weekend with the Pro 12. We have a 
great standard of games. I mean, our own games at home and club games, everything. Yeah. So, but it's all that John, passion that's rolled up. Do you think there's a difference between the culture of Munster and, let's say, the culture of Connacht? No, I or think it's the same. We're we're a few years behind. I think in terms of our journey, um, I set watching the two boys and watching Munster and being very jealous at home watching the success they had. And I think in a lot of ways we're a couple of years behind Munster in, in the journey that we're on. Um, we're trying to get a new stadium, we're trying to get bigger and our support base, everything's getting bigger than the amount of kids that are playing rugby. And it, it's a lot like that, mm. your experience over, um, unfortunately, when Northampton Beachy, that was the experience for a lot of people in, in uh, Murrayfield a few years ago for us. And we had a lot of play, uh, people that were never at a game before in their lives or had only yeah, yeah, just okay. become that season Connacht fans and we're seeing more and more of those people. So it's yep. mirrored in a way, but we're still a few years behind. You still had similarities, though. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's mirrored. When you yeah. won, and mm. probably no one in, in Ireland deserved it more to lift a trophy. Yeah. This fella, Dunners will tell you, we Absolutely. played against him many times. It was a great story. Yeah. Now, Leinster fans weren't happy that day that they lost. Yeah. But if they were to lose to anyone against yeah. Connacht that day and see this fella lifting the trophy, it was... It was Similarities and John, this character did. Timmy Ryan that you were doing, right? Yeah. So he's a GAA coach. Yeah. Maybe he's a typical of a certain breed of GAA coach. Can that exist in rugby? Do you find those kind of coaches in rugby? Because when I think of rugby, sometimes I think of the coach is a bit like, right, we're going to execute Pat and D. I'm going to lock it down. You're going to reverse away, and we score in the corner. That's actually a really good play. <laughs> <laughs> but, could be but do you have any guys in rugby like that? Um, like Timmy Ryan. Or, yeah, uh, they're Ryan. all really technical. Yeah, it, like Timmy Ryan. Are, are there rugby yeah, coaches? Yeah, there is. Eddie O'Sullivan's a bit like that. Eddie O'Sullivan... <laughs> are you was, serious? Yeah, I, I found that with Eddie, that he would jump in the huddle before we'd go out to play, and if he, if he felt the team weren't ready to go, he'd turn into Timmy. Serious language and serious... Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, look, there, there's been... like the, the, Your fear of God comment with Paulie, it's yeah. no place to watch it sitting on your couch, but yeah. when you're in that dressing room, you're living that moment, and yeah. you need Timmy Ryan, you yeah. know? You need him. Every good coach has the moments where they're technical, and then they have to be. They have to put, come in and. What was Declan Kelly's moment? Declan review. Only when we lost, I think he'd lose yeah. lose the head a bit. Yeah. We had a great one when we played. Um, we beat Colombia down in in in, um, in France in '98 for the first time. The first time we won a monster, and Peter Clossy decided to, decided to do the Timmy Ryan on it. On, he he didn't really ever do it before, so we were shocked screaming and roaring at us. He had us kind of jumping on the floor, banging our hands off our chests, pulling the chains, all this stuff. And we were all kind of doing it, looking at him going, Jesus, what's going wrong with Claude today? But he was screaming and roaring and frotting at the mouth and then the gum shield just shot out of the mouth onto the floor and we all just started laughing at him. <laughs> John. But we won the match. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. John, your moment. My moment. Favourite Six Nations moments that you have picked. Oh, yeah, the one that I did pick was... Uh, it's God, it's... Um, I can't remember the year, but the guy that went over the line was Ginger McLaughlin. OK. Against? Uh, 84. Against England, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go again. Uh, look, let's just look at it. And that's... Let's take a look at it. He redeemed himself, but it's Fitzgerald out to Campbell. Campbell inside to Slattery. Campbell again, taken on by Duggan. McLaughlin caught there by Slamman, driving for the line. The referee has given the try. And Ireland are two tries to one ahead. Jerry McLaughlin, the man who was driven over and who scores his first try for Ireland. 
Pitch invasion, pitch invasion again. Oh, yeah. The inevitable pitch invasion. Yeah. That was probably his brother that came out of the pitch. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was it's... great, that was great, because he's not a huge man, like, you no, know? No, And uh, as, uh, It's amazing that he carried 30 guys over, isn't it? Well, I think, uh, yeah, and more, I think, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. but uh, I mean, the, the build-up to it was amazing. Yeah, this yeah, is great yeah, stuff, like. Old. Lovely yeah. hands by Ollie Lovely Campbell. Lovely stuff, there. like. And, uh, and uh, when and, he got it, then he was... And just after it. that, Ollie Campbell kicked a conversion from the touchline, from the mud, of the little mud thing. Oh. And uh, it was a brilliant conversion. OK, listen, yeah. thanks, John. <laughs> Safely out to O'Gara. One for Tommy Bow to chase. Ah! Uh -huh.